You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. listening to Cheese and Packers, a project powered by the Packernet Podcast Network. I'm your host, JJ Leahy. Welcome back. Got a fun interview today for you with Dean DeGuara. Uh, that's Josiah DeGuara's dad. Had a really good talk, not only about what Josiah is like, but also what his journey has looked like uh, on his way to the Packers. So um, excited for you to hear that. Big thank you to uh, the new supporters on Patreon. We got uh, Coach Hahn and Ryan hopping on there. Super grateful to you guys. Um, means a lot to me. Uh, thank you to everybody who has been uh, helping out with uh, expenses for office equipment, studio equipment. Uh, I did order and receive my new um, monitor, <laughs> which is so nice because I was using a TV for my second monitor and it was a pain in the butt. So I got a new monitor. Uh, it arrived Monday morning. I'm loving it. I'm almost finished with my, uh, draft big board, uh, getting really close. Just a couple positions left to look at. Um, but I'm excited about that. If anybody is interested in seeing it, let me know. I have no idea if there's any kind of interest in that at all or not, but if you want to see it, let me know. Also, we are doing a live stream on draft day. That's going to be a blast. I know for sure Clayton is going to be on there. Uh, I'm going to be on there. I don't know who all else is committing. I mean, do you want Ryan on there? <laughs> uh, I'm trying to talk the guys into doing taking uh, live calls from listeners of uh, the Packernet Podcast Network. If that sounds interesting to you, let us know. But that's going to be an absolute blast. I'm excited. What I am planning to do, I'm going to be streaming my uh, my big board, uh, which is pretty heavily weighted with like the consensus <clears throat> picks, so you can kind of see like as guys are coming off. And I'm going to be looking for where I think it's likely that the Packers are going to be thinking about trading up. So as you know, guys who are like maybe in, in the top tier of players are coming off the board when you get down to just one or two at that point, if we're say five picks away from, uh, you know, the Packers first round pick, <clears throat> that's going to be a spot where I'm going to say, Hey, <laughs> maybe you think about trying to trade up. Uh, Goody's probably calling this team, this team trying to move up and, and nab one of these last two guys before they go off the board, but it's going to be a good time. Um, got some other fun surprises cooked up for that as well. So uh, follow me on Twitter at JJ Leahy, L-A-H-E-Y. And if you want to continue to help me um, upgrade my studio, uh, super appreciate that. Uh, it would be patreon.com slash JJ Leahy. So I did, like I said, I ordered my monitor. Not all the money came in for that yet. And I'm just kind of hoping and trusting that <laughs> more support is coming. Um, monitors are... A little pricier than I was hoping, uh, but I also want to upgrade some of my sound equipment too. So if you can do that, 
uh, if you're willing, uh, that would be greatly, greatly appreciated. Uh, we're going to take a sponsor break real quick, and then we're going to be back with Dean Guara. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, I'm here with Dean DeGuara. He's the pastor of Real Life Church in Sacramento. He is the happy husband of Amy DeGuara, proud father to two kids, Mariah DeGuara, and a guy that uh, you guys are familiar with, Josiah DeGuara. Uh, Dean, thank you so much for coming on here to talk about Josiah. Um, this is a guy who really has a, an awesome opportunity this year to be a big part of the Packers' success, you know, the third year in the league is often a really pivotal year for guys at the tight end position. So um, we're really excited to see what he can bring to the team. And partly as a result of um, COVID and uh, some injuries he sustained, Josiah is kind of one of the lesser known Packers players. We haven't, you know, the media hasn't gotten to talk to him a lot. Um, So I'm really interested to hear a bit from you about who Josiah is. Yeah, well, thanks uh, again for having me on. And uh, yeah, I mean, Josiah has uh, always been uh, obviously determined. Uh, you have to be determined to, you know, even get to the next level of, of Division mm-hmm. One football. And then obviously, um, you know, getting drafted into the NFL is, is, is a whole nother level. And so he's always been determined and uh, always uh, had that tenacity to um, press through whatever you know, circumstances or obstacles that he's facing. And so uh, obviously the first couple of years, as you know, he's had to overcome some of that. And so it's Mm -hmm. been, uh, you know, as a, as a father watching his son, you're always, you're always proud to see um, him overcome those and and respond. Yeah. What's, what, what has his response been to the injury and all the time that he had to miss? I mean, I'm sure that was frustrating and disappointing for him. How did he handle that? Well, you know, he has, you know, he has a huge uh, support system and uh, a family that believes in him and encourages him and prays for him. Uh, you know, he has a faith as his foundation. That's one of the uh, things that, uh, you know, being a, uh, as you, if you've interviewed him at all or listening to interviews, you know that faith is important to him. And so that's been a, a, a key uh like a key foundation for him. And I think getting through everything he's had to face in his career. Yeah. Um, talk to me about Cincinnati. How did he end up at Cincinnati? Cause that's, you know, a little bit away from home. I grew up in yeah. Northern Ohio um, in, in the Toledo area. So I've got a, a soft spot for Cincinnati and uh, th- they've been fun to watch the last couple of years too, especially, you know, with them moving to the big 12, that's, that's pretty exciting. 
But uh, how, how did that Cincinnati journey come to be? Yeah, well, you know, he wasn't, uh, he was a tweener coming out of high school. And so not a whole lot of offers, even though, you know, his, his stats were, you know, video game like numbers. Uh, Jake Browning was his quarterback. They had eight kids on that team that went to division one teams uh, his senior year. Wow. Um, but, you know, very few offers uh, came his way. Um, I think we got an offer from uh, Air Force, which turned out not to really be an offer, but it actually helped us. Uh, UC Davis initially offered him. And then um, we went actually to UC Davis to, you know, check out all, everything that they had to offer. And uh, at that point in time, uh, they were only offering him 50%. And that was towards the end of the football season. And then mm. in came, uh, again, we were knocking on every door we possibly could. And so um, we actually had a friend who played the quarterback for Northern Colorado that had, you know, a network of friends. And he was just actually uh, distributing uh, Josiah's football film just to say, hey, why isn't Josiah getting any looks? Mm -hmm. And um, that's where we found out, oh, he's a tweener. He doesn't got the blinding speed of, of a receiver. And people are just not sure if they can put the weight on his frame, probably. And so uh, he sent it to uh, one of his friends at the University of Cincinnati, uh, Coach Darren Hiller, who is the O-line coach now for Indiana. And um, Darren took one look at the film and said, boom, he's a tweener. And it just so happened that the guy that they were uh, recruiting for tight end uh, in Cincinnati, um, he had got, uh, he blew out his knee his final uh, year of his uh, final game of his senior season. And so it, it just kind of opened a door for Josiah. They flew him out and just wanted to see if they could put weight on his frame, no guarantees. And, uh, you know, before we left, they had offered him uh, a full ride to come uh, to the University of Cincinnati. So that's how he landed there. That's awesome. And he ends up being, what, a five-year starter at Cincinnati, right? Um, his first, you know, his first, his freshman, his redshirt freshman year, um, you know, he he was hurt the first day of camp. You know, they hadn't put the weight on him. And uh, so he, he, uh, he had a shoulder injury that, he wasn't going to play that year anyway, but um, that was his redshirt year. And then his sophomore year started playing special teams. And then, um, you know, it just – especially when the coaching change happened, when Luke Fickle came mm -hmm. in and right, um, all that transition happened, things really started to go in an upward trajectory for him. So it was exciting to see. Yeah, that's great. So uh... – now, Josiah is one of just a handful of players who had a pre-draft visit with the Packers. Of course, in 2020, those were all virtual visits. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, when when you guys, um, you know, as you're talking about teams and then ultimately when he gets drafted by the Packers, what do you think about the Packers as a landing spot for him, uh, especially with all the teams you guys got near you uh, yeah. out in Sacramento? What, what were your thoughts about uh, freezing cold Wisconsin? Yeah, it was a little bit out of the blue, to be honest. It wasn't on any of our, uh, you know, top five lists. We um, <laughs> we had no clue. And so it really 
uh, for us, it was a big surprise. But him being out in the Midwest, you know, being in um, Cincinnati, it mm-hmm. wasn't um, – we were a little more, uh, I guess, familiar with that whole region. So, um, you know, unlike him, when he first left to Cincinnati, it just felt like, man, we've never even been to Ohio. Um, <laughs> we've got friends. We have friends, lifelong friends, actually, from uh, Oshkosh. And so they reassured us that, hey, it's it's a great place. Uh, and uh, so we were excited about it. That's awesome. What kind of feed? Well, what kind of feedback were you guys getting from NFL teams during the, the whole pre-draft uh, process? You know, like when, when so he's drafted in the third round, where were you guys kind of expecting him to be taken round wise? Yeah, I mean, no one really knows, right? I mean, it's all, you know, you're you're reading. Yeah, I'm reading things like everybody else is reading things as a as a parent, you know, and <laughs> and part of that is just a. a what I'm doing. I didn't always, you know, talk about that with Josiah, maybe ask what, you know, I might ask his agent what, you know, what he thought. And so generally it was between the third and the fifth round. Um, okay. And so we, we kind of had, we kind of had that, that as a range of when he possibly could go. Yeah. That's cool. What's one of the coolest moments that you've gotten to see Josiah play in the pros, something that you just really treasure. I'll tell you for me and for probably a lot of other fans, one of the most exciting plays that we got to savor was his long uh, run after the catch against the lions this past year. But what about you? What, what really sticks out and is special to you? Yeah. Well, that, that run you just mentioned was an exciting moment. My actually, my wife and my daughter were both at that game. Uh, I was actually didn't get to see it. I got to see the replay. Uh, my favorite uh, play of the year has to be his first touchdown uh, at Minnesota, uh, his first career touchdown. And uh, we were just elated. We were actually sitting on the second deck. Oh, my gosh. There we go. Actually sitting on the second deck uh, in the corner of the end zone where he caught the ball. And uh, it was an incredible moment. The second Greatest moment for us was watching him play for the first time at Lambeau, uh, the legendary Lambeau field where we've seen uh, the great legends of the game play. And, uh, you know, having uh, such a, you know, basically a front row seat to seeing your son walk on that field is something that we'll never forget. Actually, that brings me to a question I should have asked. How often does uh, having to, um, you know, do a sermon on a Sunday morning, interfere with your opportunity to watch Josiah play? Well, you know, I, I do not like uh, 10 o'clock. I think it's <laughs> central standard time games. I, that, cause I have people literally, um, you know, we have a large youth group at our church and literally all the kids will come up and update me between services. And, you know, I pretty <laughs> much know what happened by the time I get home. Um, but this year, this last year, uh, we were actually very fortunate to get to a lot of games the way the season started out with, I think we had a Thursday night, a Monday night and a Sunday night. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we caught four games right off the bat without, uh, with only missing one Sunday. So I don't know how uh, the future holds on that, but, uh, we'll, we'll see We're we're hoping to make just as many games this year. There's been a couple of California games. I guess I got to try and filter out what in my mind was in 2019. But anyway, we've had a couple of California games in the last couple of years since he got drafted, right? Yeah, we um, 
we had the game against the Niners, uh, which was, you know, it's just two and a half hour drive from huh. Sacramento. And so uh, we had a lot of family and friends. I think we had 40. Uh, we had a big <laughs> cheer. Like, we were in the nosebleeds, man. We were as high as you could get, but that's the only block of, you know, 40 seats we could get with family were, and friends. But we had a blast. Were you as high up as uh, Jordan Love's mom was? Um, not as, not that quite, not quite that high, but, but almost, almost, but we did it for the family because we wanted to, we wanted to be with everyone. We didn't want to be, uh, you know, away from our family from, uh, the lower deck. So, but after that game, I was like, I'm never sitting high that, that high again. <laughs> Hope you brought your binoculars. <laughs> exactly. This off season is a lot of changes, um, that impact your size. He's got a new position coach. Uh, definitely appears like there's going to be a, a pretty decent shakeup on the offensive side of the ball, uh, bringing in new receivers and that kind of stuff, and maybe a, um, a really big role for Josiah this year, especially, you know, there's a, a couple guys missing from the tight end room now. Um, what are kind of his expectations for this season? And, um, you know, in, in terms of just, just the stuff that he talks to you guys about um, with this upcoming season, how's he feeling? Is he is he prepared for uh, potentially this you know really big role in the offense? Yeah, I think you know Josiah is you know he's a hard worker. He he puts that work uh, in the off season, um, just like anybody else does. And so I think your mentality has to be, hey, I'm I'm going to be looked to more, um, you know, as a pro. It, that's how you have to think. You can't think, well, I'm only going to play a minor role. He's he's always thinking that way of, of man, how can I make myself better? How can I, um, you know, expand my game? Uh, it's all of those things. So I think his mentality has always been uh, that of like, how how can I contribute the most uh, to my team? And so that's what I would say. He's 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 definitely putting in that that type of work and always has, has a great work ethic. That's awesome. Uh, I can tell that you are um, very proud of your son. Um, assume you're proud of both of your kids. Um, by the time we get our first Packers game this season, I will be a father for the first time. Uh, oh, do you congratulations. Have any, any, thank you. You have any parenting advice that you want to share with me before I let you go? Yeah, man. I mean, you know, if you're having a boy or a girl, we don't know yet. We're going to wait and be surprised. Hey, I, you know, uh, I just, I think it's, it's great. Uh, first of all, I would say, you know, pray, pray over your kids, man. It, it, people, people will say to us all the time, you know, Hey, what's your, what's your secret sauce? And we always just say, Hey, uh, we prayed for our kids while they were young. And we all, it, you know, if our kids weren't athletes, which are both our kids were athletes, um, you know, whatever gifting or talent, um, that your kid is going to excel in, um, whether that's, you know, it could be music, it could be, it could be anything, it could be athletics, you know, invest yourself in their gifting and, and allow them, give them the opportunity, um, to excel in whatever they're wired for. And, um, when you get to, uh, you know, in their adulting years where my wife and I are at right now, it is, uh, it brings you the greatest satisfaction and joy to see your kids excel in the things that you invested in. For example, my daughter was actually offered a D1 scholarship to run cross country. Wow. She turned it, she turned it down because the school didn't have a nursing program, which she 
really felt drawn to that field and sphere. And so she's excelling. She works, uh, she works at a hospital now as an RN and, uh, and we're just as excited about her career as we are about Josiah's career. So that's For sure. my parental advice. <laughs> All right, Dean. Hey, I thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been uh, fun to talk to you and fun to kind of peel back some of the layers and get a, a look at who Josiah is. Appreciate your time. Hey, thanks again for the opportunity. So that was super fun. Uh, Dean was uh, every bit as nice when we weren't recording as he sounded uh, on the mic. Uh, really enjoyed him. Um, okay, so I have a fun little project that um, I had completely forgotten about. But the one thing that's nice about being me is that I at least am aware of my faults. So when I say I want to do a project a year from now, I know I'm not going to remember to do that. And so I set up calendar events in my phone (laughs) to remind me. So I had one pop up uh, just a couple days ago. And what did it say? Something to the effect of like, um, go check on bragging rights for draft picks in parentheses, check your email. I'm like, what the heck is this? I, I vaguely remember typing something like this, but what even is it? So I go into my email and I search for emails that were sent to myself from me about a year ago. And I find an email that just has a list of links to tweets. (laughs) So I open it up and it's, it's a cool thing that I did a year ago and I'm going to do it again this year. What it is, is I asked folks to post their draft crushes for 2021. Um, and I said, I'm going to come back and I'm going to grade how well you did. This is Packer specific. Okay. So, there were a bunch of names that popped up over and over again, obviously. Um, I went through, it was kind of a lot of work. (laughs) Uh, I tallied up everybody who had entered the contest, everybody who, or I tallied up all the names that they had said they liked. And then I went through and I looked at, um, what these guys graded out as in their rookie year. And obviously, uh, Judging rookies after one year is not a great way to do draft analysis, but that's not what we're doing. We are just rewinding the clock because I do this all the time. I I look back at, uh, say, the 2020 draft or the 2021 draft or whatever, and I I go, oh, yeah, man, you know, that one guy, I really loved him in the draft, and uh, I can't believe the Packers were so stupid for passing on him. But then I actually go back and look at what I wrote down. And it's never what I remember because there's guys in there who I'm like, who, who the heck even is this? <laughs> I don't even re- remember the name. And then there's other guys. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. That guy's a stud for this other team. I didn't realize that I was high on him in the draft. I totally forgot about that. So this is kind of cool. So who all um, are we rating here? So uh, Jacob Schumacher, Packer super fan, Dan Finch. Do You Rant, Jordan Clark, Brian Niesler, Bruce Edmonds, Tailtown USA, Justin Martin, Coach Riley, Matt Pritzel, Ben 
I, you know what? I, I don't know what your name is, dude. <laughs> you probably don't listen to the podcast, but <clears throat> on Twitter, his name is Lambo Labo. And then it says Ben. So I'm just going to call you Ben Labo. <clears throat> and then um, I twisted. Actually, I, I tagged a bunch of people and like nominated them to participate. And like nobody did. Jeremy Retz, if you're listening, you lazy son of a gun. You never got back to me. You said you were going to and you didn't. So you got to do it this year. Uh, I twisted Ryan's arm. And he was like basically not interested in competing at all. I mean, it's not even competing. It's just like. Let me get some credit for, you know, uh, who I liked. <laughs> he threw out one name, and the guy apparently just didn't even play in 2021. So, <clears throat> um, dishonor- dishonorable mention to Pack Daddy, who didn't uh, really participate. Shame on you. All right, so Rashad Bateman was the number one most frequently named player. So uh, Bruce Edmonds, Brian Niesler, Do You Rant, Dan Finch, and me, I, how do you say it, me liked him, I liked him, yeah, I, and I, uh, (laughs) all listed Rashad Baton as draft crushes. He um, finished up the season with a 64.9 overall grade, which is nothing to sneeze at for a rookie, but... um, would he have impacted the Packers 2021 season? I would say probably not. However, <clears throat> overall, uh, one of the better performing wide receivers who was drafted last year, if you're not looking at uh, Jamar Chase, because that just doesn't even count. Looking at guys the Packers could have realistically touched. You know, Rashad Bateman would probably have been a good pick. Um, so the next most uh, named guy was Jeremiah Owosu-Koromoa. I did not have him listed, uh, but do you rant and Brian, uh, Bruce Edmonds and Justin Martin all had him. So there were actually, I guess JOK was tied uh, with three for 11, 11 players all had three uh, requests. So JOK was one of those. But uh, the reason I mentioned him first is because he is the highest graded out of that group. The other guys, uh, Jabril Cox, so JOK had a 76 grade, Jabril Cox had a 73.3, Elijah Moore had a 71.2, Zaven Collins had a 69.3, Greg Newsom 68.1, Quinn Miners 67.4, and Davion Nixon 66.1. Now, there are three other guys who all were nominated three times. Um, and these three guys didn't have good grades. So the dudes I just listed all had a 66 or higher. The next three were Amari Rogers at 60.6, Asante Samuel, the cornerback at 56.4 and what position does this guy even play? Jalen Darden. I think he's a wide receiver, but I haven't heard his name in like a year. So let's see. Jalen Darden is a, he's a wide receiver. He went to Tampa. Uh, he had a 52.1, so not a good grade. So, uh, now one thing that I noticed here, if I'm looking at, like, so I did a, a, an average of the grades of everybody that you liked. So Dan Finch had 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 players he listed that he really liked. 
One of those guys, Javian Hawkins, a running back who was drafted by the Rams, did not play. Um, so I was trying to decide, what do I do with guys who didn't play? Do I give them a zero PFF grade? And I didn't want to do that because I felt like it really hurt um, the folks who really went in depth and were listing a bunch of players, especially some later round guys. And I, I definitely don't want to discourage anybody from doing that this year. So what we're going to do is we're only going to grade uh, or we're only going to include the grades next year for and this year for the guys who are drafted a little bit higher up. And then once you get down into like sixth, seventh round territory, if you say guy and then he ends up not playing at all, you don't get a zero for that. We just don't include it in the average for your grades. But we'll just mention that this was a guy you liked. So I feel like that's the fairest way to do it. <clears throat> um, so the there's a couple people who listed like one or two players total, and so and then and there was like only first round picks, and so <laughs> they had the highest score. So Justin Martin listed only one player, and that was Jeremiah Owosu Koromoa. It has 76. So Justin Martin's average is 76, and that's higher than anybody else on the list. If you compare that to me, I listed like 25 players. <laughs> so my average is down at 64. You know, I, I'm I guess I'm okay with that, but um <sighs> 64 is not that high. Um there's a there's a bunch of guys here who didn't play. And uh you know, here, here's my other thing. Like, what what do you do? when a good player is drafted by a really crappy team. I mean, obviously I'm not going to give myself credit for that. I'm going to go, I'm going to go ahead and just give myself the crappy grade that a player who played for the lions gets, but I don't know, man, you know, Derek Barnes linebacker was drafted by the lions had a 30.1 overall defensive grade. I mean, yeah, it sucks, but what did you really expect when he was drafted by the lions? This is the tricky thing about about uh, draft um, analysis is the guys' landing spots matter so much. But uh, these, these are the players that I really wanted the Packers to draft, or at least that I liked. Uh, so looking at uh, guys who were not listed very often, we got Creed Humphrey. Now, thankfully, I mentioned Creed Humphrey, uh, and so did Jacob Schumacher. So we each got a 91-4. For Creed Humphrey, uh, nice thing about that uh, is that that obviously brings up our, our overall average. Um, but, uh, you know, Josh Myers is on here. He's listed it a few times. Um, and, uh, you know, the revisionist history says that, oh, man, the Packers were stupid for taking Creed Humphrey uh, because Josh Myers... Um, or for, for taking Josh Myers because Creed Humphrey was sitting right there. All right, well, Josh Myers was requested three times in this list, um, and Creed Humphrey was only requested twice, and one of those was by me. So if you factor me out, then it's three to one. Uh, so I'm just saying, you know, this is why it's helpful to go back and look at what people were saying pre-draft. So this is this is why I collect this information. Uh, let's see some other popular picks. Javon Holland, safety, was drafted by the Dolphins. He had a fantastic year. He had an 84.7 grade. Sam Cosme, the tackle, 
Uh, who did he go to? Chargers, I want to say. Uh, he had a 74.9. Cornerback JC, sorry, JC Horn, 67.8. Now, if you're curious where the Packers players were on this list, Eric Stokes was mentioned once by Jacob Schumacher. Uh, Amari Rogers was listed three times. Me, Jacob Schumacher again, and Dan Finch. <clears throat> so, um, dude, Schumacher, nice work, man. <laughs> uh, I'm going to pay attention to the guys that you want this year because um, who else did you have? You had uh, Elijah Moore, who was a hit. Greg Newsom graded out higher than Eric Stokes did. Davion Nixon uh, played okay for the Panthers. Uh, Jalen Darden. Okay, you, you lose some points for Jalen Darden and uh, Jamin Davis. Those two guys sucked last year. You lose points for that. Kadarius Tony. That's an interesting one because Kadarius graded out highly. 72.8. Um, but now he's in a weird spot where a lot of people are questioning, like, is he good or not? Which I think is interesting because he had a pretty high grade. Uh, let's see. Jacob did say, let's see, Eric Stokes. Uh, Fedu Melfanu, who had a 60.3. So that doesn't really hurt your average because 60 is average. Uh, but wide receiver Tylen Wallace, who was drafted by the Ravens. You know what? That's exactly who I always get mixed up with Tyquan Thornton from, from this draft is Tylen Wallace. Dude, Tyquan Thornton feels like a Ravens receiver. He just does. We'll see where he ends up. Wouldn't mind him in Green Bay. Uh, and then you liked Reed Blankenship, who was not drafted. He went back to school. And Shakur Brown, who did not play. But, uh, let's see. Uh, Tylen Wallace, uh, Jamin Davis, and Jalen Darden. Those are the only bad picks you had. The rest were all pretty good. So, Jacob Schumacher, you might be our MVP for this year. Uh, let's see, who else do we have? Uh, Pack Daddy said Tutu Atwell, who did not play. That's an L. An L, I say. Okay, Packers super fan. You like Jonathan Marshall? He had a horrific year at 37.7. Milton Williams, so I don't even remember that name, at a 49. I should be uh, mentioning these guys' positions. So Milton Williams was a, is a defensive tackle. He was drafted by the Eagles. And then who's the other guy? Uh, Jonathan something. Jonathan Marshall. Jonathan Marshall is another interior defensive line guy for the Jets. Um, Dylan Redun's tackle for the Titans had a 49. Uh, wide receiver Benjamin St. Just had a... 53. Uh, he was drafted by Washington. Oh, he's a cornerback, not a wide receiver. A uh, cornerback. Uh, he had a, a bad year. Wide receiver Diami Brown. This is a guy I never really understood. Um, but I'm surprised that only one person mentioned him. So Packer Superman is the only guy who mentioned him. But I remember his name being tossed around a lot back then. 55.5. Uh, let's see. Tackle Brady Christensen. 61.6, he went to the Panthers. Tackle Spencer Brown, uh, he had a... Spencer Brown. 62.1, he was drafted by the Bills, so that seems to be an okay pick. 
Uh, Bobby Brown. This is a guy. This is another name that I didn't remember at all. Uh, Bobby Brown, another defensive tackle for the Rams. Uh, I think I mentioned he had a 63.4. Landon Dickerson, obviously a guard, uh, 67.3. He had a good good year. Wide receiver Terrence Marshall uh, didn't do well. 53.3. And he was drafted by the Panthers. Uh, let's see. Man, you got a lot of players you liked. Alim McNeil went to the Lions, had a bad year. Christian Barmore, Raider, defensive tackle, 63.4. Uh, or, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jimin Davis and Jalen Darden. You and J- Jacob Schumacher both hurt your grades a bit by uh, those guys. And then Zaven Collins was your biggest draft crush. I remember that. You were in my notifications like almost daily telling me how big of a stud Zaven Collins was. 69.3, nothing to sneeze at as a rookie. Linebacker for the Cardinals. And then the final guy that you liked was Jabril Cox, who I also liked. Uh, I had Jabril Cox in my mention as well. Uh, 73.3, so Packers superfan. Your overall grade was 58.4. Dan Finch liked running back Javian Hawkins for the Rams, who did not play, so we're not going to ding him for that. Uh, but he, I think he was drafted. Uh, Tay Gowan, uh, 60.8. And Tay Gowan went to the cornerback. He went to the Eagles. Who else did you like? Uh, Amir Smith-Marset, who I think ended up with the Vikings, 64.3. Robert Hainsey. Who the heck is Robert Hainsey? Robert Hainsey, center for the Buccaneers. Uh, I don't think he played for the whole year anyways because i thought they had a different center for a lot of the year but he had a 65.7 so not bad uh it's quite higher than josh myers all right uh patrick jones defensive end who went to the vikings this was a guy i really liked as well miserable 43 grade so hope he doesn't turn that around because he plays for the vikings but uh you know it would help my draft analysis credentials if he ended up being good uh, let's see, Tevin Jenkins, tackle for the Bears, 47.5, he was horrifically terrible, Tommy Tremble, this is another guy on my list, tight end, went to the Panthers, 55.2, Christian Barmore we already talked about, Sam Cosme we already talked about, Um, yeah, it seems like everybody who liked, actually, every single person on my list who liked Jamin Davis also liked uh, Jalen Darden and both of those guys had horrific grades so you are another one of those guys Asante Samuel and Amari Rogers uh, Quinn Miners Greg Newsom uh, again Quinn Miners uh, had a 67.4 which is really not bad at all and where did he go was it the Broncos yeah it was the Broncos nice um so he's going to be protecting Russell Wilson this year. That'd be interesting. Uh, Greg Newsom, uh, uh, Jabril Cox, my guy. And Dan Finch was one of the Rashad Bateman guys. So Dan Finch's overall grade was 56. If you're keeping score, I'm at 64. Jacob Schumacher is 59. Packer Superfan, 58. Dan Finch, 56. Now we get to Do You Rant, 
who's one of those guys who uh, actually do you rant had a very nice grade 67.2. Here are the guys he liked. Trayvon Morig, he's the only guy who mentioned Trayvon, a cornerback who was drafted by the Raiders, and Trayvon is the guy who is rumored to be the player that the Packers were trying to get from the Raiders uh, in lieu of the second-round pick that they ended up getting in the Devontae trade. Totally unverified, but that is the rumor, Trayvon Morig. We have heard that the Packers really liked him, and I think he was unavailable by their pick, but I'm not looking that up. Terrence Marshall was another guy you liked. This is uh, the the lowest graded player that you listed. Uh, Lynn McNeil, Javon Holland, Asante Samuel, Davion Nixon, Greg Newsom, Zaven Collins again, Jeremiah Wosukoromoa, and Rashad Bateman. Basically, everybody listed Rashad Bateman, so he's going to be on everybody's um, list. All right. Uh, Jordan... Clark. <laughs> Unfortunately, you only listed one player. That was wide receiver Cade Johnson, who went to the Seahawks. Cade Johnson did not play. So, you don't have a grade. Very sorry. Uh, Brian Niesler, 60.6 overall. Um, he liked Caleb Farley, who was uh, one of my top cornerbacks. Now, Caleb Farley was hurt. And then I think he didn't play for the first half of the year. And then uh, he was drafted by the Titans. Did end up playing. Did not play well. 45.7 grade. Uh, Brian also liked Elijah Moore. 71.2. And Rashad Bateman. 64.9. All right. Uh, Bruce Edmonds. 69.5. Very good grade. How many players did you list? Not many. Three. Well, when you only pick three players, you better get them all right, and it looks like you did. Rashad Bateman, Jeremiah Owosu-Koromoa, and J.C. Horn. And I think Bruce was the only guy who I tagged and said, hey, get in here, who actually did it. So, uh, you know what, we'll give we'll give Bruce not only a good grade of 69, nice, uh, but we're also going to give him a little shiny star sticker for uh, rising to the challenge. Titletown USA is up next. He had two players he liked. Uh, tackle Tevin Jenkins, Bears, and Zaven Collins. So Tevin Jenkins had a bad year. Zaven Collins had a uh, an okay, okay year. Um, 58.4 average was your grade. Not bad. Okay, now we have Justin Martin. Justin Martin. Didn't I already say Justin Martin? No, I said Jordan Clark. Justin Martin only had one player. Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, 76. So that is our highest grade out of everybody. But, you know, it's got a little bit of an asterisk for it. If we were to, um, you know, weight it for how many players <laughs> you mentioned, uh, one player is, is not very many. But, hey, at least you hit on that player. All right, now we have Coach Riley, who also only had one player. And this was Quinn Miners. 67.4, so that's uh, coach's grade. Matt Pritzel. Uh, where are you at, Matt? Who'd you say? Oof. Okay, Matt only nominated one player. Josh Matterbaby, wide receiver. And let me see, where did he go? Because I didn't write this down. Josh Matterbaby, uh, Jaguars. I think he was undrafted and then signed by the Jaguars. Pretty sure. 
uh, out of Illinois, did not play. So, so sorry. Finally, we come to Ben Labo. 47.6 overall grade. He listed four players, but they were all kind of later guys. So uh, this will be kind of interesting to talk about. Robert Rochelle, cornerback Rams, 61.9. This is the highest graded guy you liked. TJ Slayton, defensive tackle, Green Bay Packers, 52.8. You know what? I don't care that 52.8 isn't great. You got a player that the Packers drafted. You get extra credit. Uh, Buddy Johnson, linebacker, Steelers, had a horrific trash year. My Steelers buddy, who's uh, Ben Ben Roethlisberger's cousin, whined about Buddy Johnson uh, (laughs) quite a few times this past year. 38.6. I don't know if I said his grade. And then Jonathan Marshall, defensive tackle, Jets, uh oh, you know what? I I screwed up. I listed Jonathan Marshall on here twice. And uh one for me and one for Packer Superfan. So Jonathan Marshall should be higher up on the list because he was picked twice and I just have him listed on here twice with one pick each. So I'm going to delete this duplicate. So that moves him up the board considerably. So Packer Superfan and Ben Labo both liked Jonathan Marshall. I know I just looked this up. He's a defensive tackle for the Jets. Uh, Did not have a good year. 37.7. So uh, that was uh, nice (laughs) to go back and look at at those. Um, I like, I don't want to say that holding people accountable is the right term because that's not the right term. But um, holding our memories accountable for what we actually said a year ago. Uh, because your memory can fool you. So, you might be curious, JJ, who did you like? Let's go ahead, I'm going to sort this by who had the best year. Best year. Alrighty. So, uh, Creed Humphrey, uh, but I will just say that I, I mentioned Creed Humphrey kind of more in passing, and I left him off my list when I said this is my big wish list for the Packers. I just mentioned him as, as one of the offensive linemen that I thought um, seemed pretty solid. I also had Rashawn Slater and Javon Holland. Those are the three guys who graded out really well. <clears throat> uh, safety, Javon Holland, tackle Rashawn Slater, center Creed Humphrey. I did like wide receiver Amon Ra St. Brown. I also liked uh, who had a 79.9. I'm the only guy, uh, only person who, Mentioned Amon Ra in the thread. Linebacker Pete Werner, also 79.9. He was drafted by the Saints, played his butt off. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, running back 49ers, 76.3. He was the second running back drafted by the 49ers. They first took Trey Sermon in the third or fourth round. And I was all over that. I said, Trey Sermon is not the dude. And I really wanted the Packers to draft Elijah Mitchell. Uh, I was I did really well on running back this past year. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, linebacker Jeremiah Owosu Corum. Oh nope, nope, nope. I did not. Let's see here. Got to filter out the one the blanks. Okay, that was the first mistake that I listed. So don't worry about uh, revisionist history and the other ones. <laughs> The uh, next guy on my list was running back Chris Evans, who was drafted by the Texans. 75.4 grade. 
running back out of Michigan. Linebacker Jabril Cox, LSU. Where the heck did he go? I don't even remember where he went. Jabril Cox played for the Cowboys. That's right. Next to um, Mike Parsons. Tight end Pat Fryermuth, Steelers, 72.3. Wide receiver Elijah Moore, 71.2. Running back Najee Harris, 70.7. Defensive end Gregory Rousseau, 70.2. That was a very contentious uh, prospect or um, controversial prospect. You either loved Rousseau or you hated him. And um, I left Rousseau on my board for the entire time. Uh, but he was a guy who was getting dumped off everybody's board right at the end. Linebacker Nick Bolton, 69.2. And he played for the uh, Chiefs. Jason Owe changed his name to Odafe Owe, edge rusher for the Ravens, 67.9. Cornerback J.C. Horn, Panthers, 67.8. Quinn Miners, center, Broncos, 67-4. Davion Nixon, defensive tackle, Panthers, 66.1. Running back, Nico Collins. Where is he from? Am I getting this mixed up? Uh, Chris Evans. Oh, I think I listed Nico Collins as a running back here, but he was a wide receiver. I'm 90% certain about that. Nico Collins, wide receiver. Yep, I just wrote it down wrong here. Uh, Texans. 65.6. 65.6. Rashad Bateman, wide receiver, 64.9. Chuba Hubbard, 64.9. Running back, Panthers. Elijah Molden, cornerback, Saints, 64-1. Uh, Trill Williams, cornerback. Where did he get drafted? This is an interesting one because he was like basically an undrafted free agent uh, projection. I think he actually was undrafted. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, He went to the Dolphins, and he was a UDFA. Had a really good year. This was uh, the guy I was really high on as a late-round dude. Uh, Spoiler alert, this year, Trey Turner is my guy, wide receiver. All right, so that is the, you know, we'll throw Amari Rodgers in here because he is over 60. He's a 60.6. So that is the list of guys who I had listed um, higher, who actually had decent PFF grades. And then I had a very short list of guys who had crappy grades. First up is center Josh Myers, 58.3. Cornerback Asante Samuel, 56.4. Tommy Tremble, tight end Panthers, 55.2. Then you get into the really bad grades. Uh, Shaka Tony. Edge, Washington, 49-4. Caleb Farley, cornerback, Titans, 45-7. Cornerback Rodarius Williams had a 43.9. Where did he go? I want to say it was the Saints. No, it wasn't. It was the Giants. Uh, Horrific year. I did also like Patrick Jones, 43. Uh, Tommy Togiai, defensive tackle, 39-8. But I will just say with the caveat, I said Tommy Togi I should not play in 2021. So you draft this guy and you keep coaching him. He's not ready for the NFL, but he has all the tools. So I did say that. And I think he was like a fifth or sixth round pick. Don't know I would have taken him there. He's not in the fifth round. Tommy Togi, uh, you're, all you're drafting there is potential. 
not a polished player. Uh, so I did like him, but I did say don't you dare play him in 2021. Uh, where What round was he drafted? Oh, my gosh. He was a fourth-round pick? No. This guy should have been drafted in the sixth round. All right. And then Derek Barnes was my worst. Uh, and that was linebacker for the Lions, 30.1. And then I also I had four guys. You know what? I got to put Trill Williams down in here, too, and Elijah Mitchell. So Elijah Mitchell... Trill Williams, and then these four players who did not play were my really late round. Oh, and Rodarius Williams, but he had a bad year. Doesn't matter. He played. I'm putting him in here. But these are the late round guys who I was really big on that I wanted to take a swing at. So my biggest hit in the late round was Elijah Mitchell, who was projected as a seventh round pick. I think he went in the fifth round to the Niners. And I just about cried. Um, okay. And then tight end Briley Moore was taken by the Titans. Safety Paris Ford was taken by the Rams. Wide receiver Trayvon Grimes. Did he even play? Trayvon Grimes. He, uh, let's see. Well, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mean to do play. I meant, was he? Um, so he was a UDFA signed by the Eagles, did not play. So Briley Moore was one of those guys. I looked at it and I went, I literally don't remember this name ever existing. Uh, Chandon Herring, guard. Where did he go to? Chandon. This doesn't even sound like a real name. Chandon Herring. Titans. So the Titans took two of these guys. And the Eagles and Rams took the other two. So those were my late round misses. Um, also were Rodarius Williams was a bit of a miss 43.9, but I wanted to talk about two things that I really nailed. First off, uh, I think I nailed running back. I mean, I really did. Here are the running backs that I listed. I said, I liked Elijah Mitchell, Chris Evans, Najee Harris, and Chuba Hubbard. Uh, I said, I did not like. Trey Sermon at all. Now, Trey did not have a horrible year for the Niners, um, but when you are a third-round pick and the sixth-round pick is playing ahead of you, or fifth-round pick, um, something's gone a little bit off the rails. Elijah Mitchell was the third-highest-graded rookie running back behind only Ramondre, Ramondre Stevenson and Khalil Herbert. Uh, Chris Evans, who I mentioned, was the fifth highest graded running back. He was taken by the Bengals. Uh, Najee Harris was ninth. And I did say, definitely don't take this guy in the first round. That's moronic. Don't ever take running backs in the first round. But um, he had a decent season. And he was kind of the only thing working on that Steelers offense. And then Chuba Hubbard was just outside the top 10 at 12, but he had still had a good grade, 64.9. So, um, let's see, Kylan Hill, for reference, had a 55.5. I like Kylan Hill. I think he might turn it around and have a good year this year, especially, you know, hope that he the, is not uh, taken out by injury. I like him, but I was disappointed because I really wanted Elijah Mitchell. 
So running backs uh, definitely hit on. The other thing was I did a whole podcast talking about just three guys last year, all named Elijah M. So that was uh, Elijah Mitchell, we just talked about. Uh, Cornerback Elijah Molden, 64.1 grade, went to the Saints. And then wide receiver Elijah Moore, 71.2. I just want to say... Called it. I said all three of those guys were going to pan out. And then Elijah Moore, for reference, what round was he taken? Or Elijah um, Molden, I meant. Uh, what round was this cornerback taken in? He went to the... Uh, he was drafted by the Titans in the third round, 64.1. So, eh, you know, not incredible. But... um see here clear this where's stokes eric stokes eric stokes has 66.3 as a first round pick elijah moore has 64.1 as a third round pick i'm just saying if you think stokes was a, a hit in the draft i think elijah moore uh, elijah molden did just fine so anyways just wanted to revisit that so what i'm going to do i'm going to um put up a tweet on twitter and I want you to respond to it with your 2022 draft crushes for the Packers. Who you want the Packers to draft. And we're going to revisit this in a year. Hopefully we have more people participating this year. Because this was super stinking fun to revisit. And uh, it's always interesting to me when you see guys who were big names. And you're like, oh man, yeah, where did, where did Shaka Tony end up? Holy crap, he was that bad, 49.9. He was like a... People talked about him. And then you get the other names where you're like... I literally don't remember that Milton Williams is a name I've heard in my life. And you get to follow up with guys like Josh and Matterbaby, who did not play at all. So, anyways, uh, that's all I got for today, but thank you so much for tuning in. This was a blast. I will talk to you next week. Have a good one. Bye-bye. <laughs>